0: Welcome to The
1: Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and
0: the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Welcome to the marketer's journey. I'm Randy and today's guest is Mel Hanson. Well, if you want to look her up on LinkedIn, it's Melissa Hansen, and she is the VP of marketing for Trimble transportation. Trimble is a massive organization. Over 10,000 employees work at this company. They cross various different business lines. And that structure actually lines up the way we unpack the opportunity she has and the way she thinks about the buyer journey. Now, a lot of us think about building a brand in a very, single brand perception way but what happens when you have different industries different products that you offer for one means that you have to segment differently but it also presents opportunities as Mel shares for career advancement through different areas of the business and real ownership she has ownership of the marketing strategy in this transportation sector as the VP so it's a very interesting way to look at your career and she has other experiences at companies like Stratasys over roughly seven years that gave her similar opportunities to be in a company that's of large size but allows us to move and define our career the second half of our conversation though is very much about transforming the way we go to market I think a lot of us think about you know different terms like domain generation and inbound marketing, ABM even, but a big trend that I'm hearing these days is revenue marketing. And what does this mean to truly partner between marketing and sales? Mel gives her take. Here's our chat today, Mel Hansen. Thanks so much for finding time to chat about your journeys. We're going to start with your career, and you're in a very exciting opportunity as VP of Marketing in one of Trimble's business units. Tell us a little bit about how you landed this opportunity.
1: Yeah, first off, Randy, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been an interesting year, certainly with with the COVID environment and, and other you know external factors. Um, I've been I've been at Trimble for a year now how I, how I came here is is an interesting story in itself, you know a, a lot through um, networking opportunities but but really what brought me here and what interested me about Trimble was the opportunity with uh, with its transportation sector first and foremost. so so Trimble is really interesting in that overall at its core, it really markets and sells products and services that hardware, uh, software services that connect the physical and digital worlds across industries like agriculture, construction, geospatial, and transportation and logistics. Um, and, and so, what's interesting about Trimble is there are customer segments that span those industries, and the way Trimble sort of segments itself is in a way that successfully sort of is able to um, operate and and pursue and and go after those customer segments and grow those lines of business in those industries. And so there's a a greatness in Trimble where there's common threads that bring us all together that that give us strength as a company, as marketing organizations, but that provide unique opportunities to focus and operate in autonomous ways. um, Within those uh, individual sectors. And so there was an incredible opportunity to come to Trimble in its transportation sector to really bring together you know a set of of marketing organizations that that came together through acquisitions to bring best marketing processes and strategies together um, and approaches out um, to the market that um, that the transportation sector really needed, again, coming on the heels of uh, some acquisitions.
0: It's really interesting. And, you know, I, I want to dig a little deeper as we go through today on this idea of being able to own a business unit inside of a large organization. And I think a lot of the times, you know, as marketers, we try and figure out what does our brand stand for. It's hard to stand for one thing when you're as big as a company like Trimble and the markets that you're serving. I, you know, from what I understand, over 10,000 people working at Trimble alone Worldwide. When you thought about this opportunity to own a specific division, as you said, you know, you've got other divisions as well, agriculture, et cetera. How much of your interview process was focused chatting within the division versus within the organization?
1: Yeah, yeah. Great question. I think, you know, when you when you think about you know larger companies that operate in that way and they've got sort of you know separate divisions like Trimble has, I think an, an initial thought is wow that's it that that's really big and and you know what is it like to operate in a company like that? is it is it going to be cumbersome? Is there going to be a lot of sort of uh, politicking and red tape? At a sector level, um, a marketing team and, an, and a marketing leader is going to be up against. Um, and so, weighing the divisional focus and, and really trying to uncover, you know, what that meant in Trimble and how Trimble operated was absolutely part of part of the consideration process. And and my coming to Trimble, and you know, what I will say is kudos to Trimble. They're very transparent about it. Um, they're very. Uh, open and clear with their strategy, not not only their strategy externally out into the markets they serve, but their strategy internally and in how to bring it all together to operate in the best way possible so that we can deliver so that we are easy to do business with and that you know the the great talent we hire can can operate and execute um, in a successful way. And so it, it was part of the consideration I'll say Trimble, has a pretty pretty solid you know strategy that they refer to as connect and scale, which is really intentionally looking at its organizational designs, its structures, its technologies and, and tools, to really understand, you know, where do these different sectors come together to operate most efficiently and, and successfully, but where does it make sense too to continue to operate in more autonomous ways? And so they're very intentional about that internal strategy, but a strategy that it, that not only supports employees, but is also with the end customer in mind so that we can really operate the best deliver to them.
0: That, that, that's such a good way to look at it is keeping in mind, obviously, customer first. I mean, we all have our jobs. We all have our purpose to serve our customers. But as you also said, it's it's a great opportunity for someone to think about I'm not just joining this business line. I'm joining this organization, which is going to have career growth opportunities for me. Uh, you know, I know Moira is one of the people we get to work with at Uberflip over at Trimble has shifted her career. And, you know, as you said, you were a year in, but this isn't your first go at, at joining a company with that reach that gives you the flexibility. I, I know it's Stratasys. You also had this. I'm wondering you know what you saw in terms of that being able to accelerate your career as well there, because you started as a marketing manager there and eventually were at the director level,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. What I find in these types of opportunities and and companies that are that operate and are structured this way is is opportunity. and when I joined, it's it's actually an interesting story. When I joined Stratasys, I joined its um, sort of smaller services arm that was really, it was in startup fashion, really building a brand and presence and also trying to prove itself within the broader organization and within broader Stratasys. And, you know, at the time I I started, I was a team of one and I was brought there to really to really develop and bring the brand, the Red Eye brand at the time to market and continue to prove out our our, our services value proposition. It was it was really just me and I had the uh, sort of downstream prospect of maybe hiring one person later and on a, on a shoestring budget. What I had the opportunity to do is I, I really had the opportunity to to work with that, to partner across different divisions within Stratasys and other marketing teams within Stratasys to achieve my goals while also sort of learning the the skill of being scrappy. you know it, it's been my experience that that companies that, that are structured this way really foster those opportunities to collaborate, gain some sort of operating efficiencies by working across the aisles and leveraging the, you know the people and resources that that it has. But then, really building skills and talent around that sort of scrappy approach and, and scrappy mindset. And and by the way, scrappy does not mean necessarily all the time small budget, sloppy marketing. Um, I think it's it's a, a skill set and and really a badge of honor that at least I've developed. By being in, in opportunities and having opportunities like that, and so that comes to mind really from that experience is how how can we still achieve our goals with a scrappy mindset? And um, you know, certainly that was part of my growth experience and story at Stratasys, Um, and it, it has carried into my my time here at Trimble as well.
0: That's that's great advice, and you know, to your point, I mean, this isn't a scrappy approach; i'sn't a you know, one person's going to do it all. Your marketing team today, I believe, is about 15 people alone in this one business line. And as you said, going through acquisition. So this is a high growth mentality. One last question on this whole concept of being able to move within an organization and that opportunity as you painted it. I think, you know, when some of us look at people who've had long stays in organizations you know, we will sometimes judge if they've stayed in one role for, you know, 10 years, right? I mean, that doesn't feel, to a lot of us, like growth and opportunity. At Stratasys, as an example, on LinkedIn alone, I can see you were there, you know, call it six, seven years, but you had four different roles. So, in a sense, you and, and they're not just job title changes. These are like new areas of ownership. How do you make sure that you're joining one of these companies that's going to give you that opportunity, not to necessarily like become this job title, but become a well-rounded marketer.
1: Yeah, uh, that well, that's been at really essentially every move I've made. That's been that's been a goal of mine. So I've I've been intentional about pursuing uh, opportunities and and even throwing myself into some opportunities where I've questioned, am I ready for this? Am I am I capable of this? Because I've recognized the opportunity and the need and and frankly desire to expand my marketing purview, purview and experiences. You know, when you when you're looking at opportunities or companies to join, you know, I think I think those though and, and if it's your goal to expand though upon those experiences and, and leadership opportunities. You know, I think there's certainly a, a set of questions to ask and and ways to get in and and uncover sort of a, a company's willingness and even its how proactive it is in supporting those opportunities, development opportunities and experiences for employees. You know, and I also think you you look at a company beyond sort of asking. The straight questions. You look at a company in terms of, you know, where it's at and their growth state and their growth journey. Um, where were they six months ago? Where are they going to be in the next six months and the next five years? You know, are are they an acquisition uh, heavy company? You you can do a lot of your own research and uncover the kind of development and experience opportunities that a company um, is really going to be proactive about supporting and frankly even fostering. And so Stratasys was certainly that Trimble, you know yeah you, know, you look across the board and and I, I asked questions about oh, how do the, how do the divisions and sectors interact and engage with one another? How are our customers crossing the industry segments as as Trimble approaches them? And and you can unpack and uncover a lot about how a company, you know, fosters those collaborations and engagements internally and and how that translates into new experiences and development opportunities.
0: That's great advice. It it sounds uh it sounds very well thought out as, as much as someone may look and say, okay, great, you know, you land in this opportunity and then you then you try and navigate it. You know, to your point, it's it's being proactive about that. Uh, Mel, we're gonna take a quick break here. We'll be back, we'll talk a little bit more about the buyer journey side of, of your journey, right back here on The Marketer's Journey.
1: Want to improve the buyer journey for your customers and your prospects? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. and we created one just for you. Head to uberflip.com slash journey to see how Uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences.
0: I think a lot of us, when we think about our careers and making those moves, we think that to change the type of job title we have, we have to leave the organization. We have to find another company willing to take a chance on us. But as Mel calls out, there's an opportunity in some of these larger organizations, and maybe even the company you're with now, to suggest that you can jump into a complete other area. You may be in customer marketing now. Maybe it's an opportunity to jump into demand-gen marketing or vice versa, or a complete different area of the business. I think the idea that Mel hits on is jumping at those opportunities and raising your hand when those present. Now, the interesting thing, as you hear about her story at Trimble and Stratasys as well, is this idea that when you've got these large organizations with different business lines, they need people who have proven themselves and can make that jump. There's a lot less that goes into training a new employee or an existing employee rather at a new role versus bringing a new employee in and helping them understand what our company stands for as a whole, what our core values are, everything that goes into quality, qualifying the right talent. You know, I think the opportunity a lot of us have is to help marketers become more well-rounded as you hear Mel has done very deliberately. So Mel, long gone are the days of madman marketing, right? You know, brands and ads that that's all we need to worry about as marketers is how do we create awareness? And even in the last 10 years, we've seen different terms come and go. Inbound marketing was hot, demand gen, but demand gen is just about generating demand. I know a term that you're keen on is revenue marketing, and maybe you can help us understand what your definition is with your team there.
1: Sure. Yeah. Revenue marketing is, is by no means a, a term that, that I or our team has coined for sure. But I guess the way we've defined it is it's sort of a combined set of people, uh, strategies and process and technologies, content and measurements across marketing and sales. You know, so you know, we, we hear a lot about how you know, marketing is part art and science and this concept of revenue marketing for us really takes and puts that science part on steroids, uh, leveraging, you know, repeatable prospecting programs and really getting a more intimate understanding of our buyers and, and frankly, even our users so that we can more effectively target them, meet them where they're at with valuable material. And ultimately, at the, you know, the end goal, the end equation is marketing's impact um, and frankly, contribution to measurable sales. So that's that's been a journey that we've embarked on really a year ago. And it's really taking sort of the traditional concept of marketing, where, as you mentioned, you know, that focus on brand building and impressions and making it, making it more about from an end result perspective, how are we driving business? So it's changing the value definition of marketing and an organization. But in doing that, you're also changing how you deliver value and, and you're more effective at delivering value to your prospects and customers along the way.
0: So I love that. I, I... First of all, I got a lot of questions here, and you gave a great framework of, of some of the variables that you've got to take into account. So I'm going to pick on three of them, and maybe we can unpack your definition of revenue marketing. Let's look at the people, the process, and technology piece. I know you had a couple other ones in there, including strategy and content, which is obviously near and dear to my heart. But let's start with the people. My, my first question there is, when we often hear about revenue marketing, or sometimes rev ops, it's, it's a section of the market. And maybe some salespeople to get brought in. You know, you've got as we as we hit on in the in our first part of our chat about fifteen marketers. How many of those ha- are part of these revenue marketing meetings if you're having them, or is this a, a small cohort of them?
1: Yeah, that that's an excellent point because you know what I will say is we as you as you called out, we certainly don't have. It, you know, the size of team where, you know, we can segment ourselves internally at a sort of highly specialized level. And and I say that, while also, you know, mentioning, you know, we don't view that by any means as sort of a, a hindrance, it's become a challenge at times, but we we view the opportunity side of that. So when we think about our people, how we structure our teams, you know, we've we've certainly gone through an evolution and, and set of changes on that front, but we're approaching this with a mindset of, you know, and I've said this to the team, I want everybody to think like a revenue marketer. So so think about in everything you do, whether whether you're producing content, whether you're our events lead and you're putting on an event and, and you're thinking about the experiences we want to deliver our prospects at an event. Always keep the end goal in mind, you know, the end business goal for sure, but but what that means in terms of the end goal for our customers and our prospects. And so it's a shift in mindset, I think, for everybody, regardless of the role or marketing function you're in. Um, because that's really what it requires for an entire fu- like marketing function to make this journey successfully it, it, everybody's got to be on board. so certainly we've got a demand and ops function. Um, we've got content closely married uh, up to that function so so we've got our functional pillars but we're really rolling out you know training and uh, tools and processes to the entire function and really encouraging everybody to adopt and train on that revenue marketing mindset.
0: That's uh, definitely the right way and, and obviously hard to do, though, because some of these marketers have careers where that hasn't been their mandate. It's, it's different stages of the funnel. Maybe you can give us an example. You, you hit on process again in that answer, so you weave very well into my next question, which is give us a glimpse of a process that you put in place to create change within the group over the last year
1: yeah sure. I think a big, well, so many so many processes come to mind and so many tools come to mind, you know. One example was just really taking another look at our buyer personas and going through a very intentional sort of methodology and uh, doing research to make sure that we really intimately understand. customers those customers we seek to covet and and the buyers um, of those customers and so you know that that's probably sounds so foundational but it, it was a good exercise for us because there was so much of that tribal knowledge that has sort of lived with people that have been part of the business or they've been in their roles doing operating in the same way for a period of time so that's sort of at a foundational tool level but uh, you know a a process we went through and we went through this process uh, with the sales organization as well was around our lead management framework and again sort of a foundational uh, process um, and a set of tools to support that process for us and and for revenue marketing to be possible. Um, but it was also important that you know, both sales and marketing went through that. So we understood the journey of a lead, really from a top of funnel prospect all the way through to a closed deal, and even further beyond that, post-sale? How do we continue to serve them? How do we continue to market them for future opportunities so that they see the value of their solutions from Trimble well on into the future? And so um, so that that was really a foundational process, but out of that came this shared and agreed upon way of operating between sales and marketing and total buy-in from the executive team because by having that process in place, by having tools implemented that support that process and those handoffs and those ways of being able to track that journey and report out on that journey, for the first time, we're really able to say, hey, here's the pipeline and here here's the revenue that marketing contributed to.
0: Absolutely. So a question on that, and, and this will be the last one on this part, but you know, we hit on the people, the process there. When you think about technology historically, I think you know. To your answer about aligning sales and marketing, the answer would have been: Well, marketing is going to use a marketing automation system to guide the journey, and sales is going to use the CRM. How how do you bridge those from a technology standpoint? Is there one system of record now? Is there something that's kind of layering in between the two pieces?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. So, yeah, th- that's actually a, a sort of a uh, marketing, sales, business systems transformation, we're making as well in parallel to this, you know, and I I would say because we've collaborated so well outside of the the tools or the systems themselves. And by that, I mean, we, we approach changes and implementations with the mindset of, you know, you've got to have the right people in the right seats in place first, then you've got to have the right processes defined to support your business, to support your customers, um, and then once those things are defined and in place, you know, then you move into, you know, how do we leverage technology uh, to better support and enable all of that? And I think by thinking about it in that in that way and putting people and process first, essentially, it's not really been a challenge for us in terms of, you know, what what is the source of truth? Right now, we do operate. Uh, with Salesforce for us, our CRM as our source of truth. But we also acknowledge that there are other systems and software that fill in the gaps in the story for us that we have to leverage. And again, through that kind of lead management framework, we're, we're pretty clear on sort of who owns from an accountability perspective, certain elements of that. Part of this journey, by the way, is just You get those pieces in place, having the trust with your counterparts, having trust between sales and marketing and how we're reporting out and looking about and actioning on the data.
0: That's great. That's great. Great advice. Uh, I love that people process technology framework and and specifically hitting on the tech piece last. Uh, Mel, this has been great. We are going to keep you around. We're going to do one more little bit together right after a break here on The Marketer's Journey. So before we go into break, I wanna go a little deeper on this idea that Mel just shared around people, then process, then technology. And and she's so dead on there. It's something I talk about a lot. I think a lot of us believe that if we buy technology, the technology is gonna solve everything. Take as an example, marketing automation. There was a lot of jokes often thrown around the idea that, well, if I buy a marketing automation platform, it's just gonna simply automate everything it's almost the worst name we could have given that type of technology because the key there is having really talented people having processes that come into play same thing comes into when we're thinking about strategies like content buying a content platform whether it's for creation or for content experience like uberflip it's not enough to just buy that platform you need the content you need the strategy of how you're going to engage your audience all these things have to be in place then we can layer on this idea of how do we start to leverage tech to truly scale? And I think Mel's got that dead on. I hope you're thinking about that way too. So Mel, we've uncovered your career. We've talked about the buyer journey and the transformation that you're overseeing. How do you find time to disconnect especially in a year where you joined a new company and we're all connected all the time at home?
1: Yeah. That's I mean that's been one of the ultimate challenges, right? And and for so many so many other, you know, like-minded professionals that I've I've talked to and and frankly even in the regular conversations I'm having with my peers and my team um and you know I will say you know, in in a in a real honest way, it's it's been a journey that I've been on. It's a, it's been a challenge that I'm I've been trying to work through in the last year, um, especially as a Minnesotan, where you know we we really just have those nice, warm, beautiful months. Um, you know for a quarter of the year lately i will say i would say in the last 3 months i've been a lot more intentional about it and i've been really intentional about it in conversations with my team encouraging them but i think again you've got to lead by by example i, I think the research shows this but i at a at a personal level i've experienced this it's only when you can disconnect that you can you know elevate your perspective uh, get a view of the whole picture, whether it's the whole picture of your life or it's a whole picture of your responsibilities at work. Uh, and ultimately, that translates into being being a better leader. And so, you know, for me, lucky most of the time, sometimes maybe may unlucky. I've got three little ones that um, do a good job of pulling me away from work, um, you know, in ways that maybe otherwise I wouldn't. So I've got three kids uh, under the age of six. I try, to, I try to be really intentional about my time with them. So, you know, they're in school, they're in daycare. You know, when we pick them up, it's, it's dinner time, it's family time. The, you know, that doesn't give me, I would say, the, the brain capacity to like totally disconnect, but it does pull me away from work. Um, and then after that, I do try to protect time in the evenings where possible and, and certainly on the weekends to take the dog for a walk.
0: Oops, sorry. Because that's why you need a dog with three kids. Yeah.
1: yeah and I, I don't know, I don't know who, which one is more work to be honest, but it's, uh, true. But it's, it's so yeah, true. getting some fresh air, even in Minnesota, you know, when it's like 10 degrees out, it's amazing how great that fresh air feels and really just sort of clears the space in your head. And then, you know, I'll say this, this may be a little bit weird, but um you know, I don't, I can't imagine I'm alone in this. I have to say at, at the end of a really busy week or a stressful week, or when there's been a lot happening and my brain feels like it's at maximum capacity. One of the things I find myself doing is taking these uber long showers where I wish I had like a whiteboard because that's where stuff just flows for me. Right. It's, it's, and, and I find that that's some of my best thinking space, and so I think for everybody, those moments are going to be different. For me, that happens to be a moment. and again, I often think if there's a, an invention that is primed to sort of support that shower thinking, but for me that's what it is.
0: Special dry erase of sorts, one that's you know water resistant, but you know still wipes away. Exactly uh mel this has been so much fun and and so much great advice from you today i'm so appreciative i know our listeners are as well if if you've stumbled into this podcast for the first time hearing from mel listen to all of our other episodes every week we've got a senior marketing leader sharing their path where they are today how they're navigating one day i hope you'll be sharing your story with us here on the marketer's journey until next time a big thank you to mel hansen